Good morning, everybody. Chester ARP Church devotional podcast. Clint Davis, your host. Thank you so much for being with us. First Samuel chapter 23 is where we are. Excuse me, second Samuel 23. David has conquered the Philistines. The nation of Israel is now at peace under David's leadership. Chapter 22 was a song of deliverance, how David had cried out to the Lord, a song of deliverance, as God had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Chapter 23 of the book of 2 Samuel is uh, a kind of recounting or recording of David's last words. This is what David says. The oracle of David, the son of Jesse, the oracle of the man who was raised on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, When one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like the morning light, like the shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass to sprout from the earth. For does not my house stand so with God? For he has made with me an everlasting covenant ordered in all things and secure. For will he not... Calls to prosper all my help and my desire. But worthless men are like thorns that are thrown away, for they cannot be taken with the hand. But the man who touches them arms himself with iron and the shaft of a spear, and they are utterly consumed with fire. This is an interesting way to end, kind of a fitting way to end your public life, as King David did. Chapter 24 will be his kind of last will and testament. He'll build an altar, and then in the beginning of chapter 1 of the book of First Kings, he will die in his old age, his last public oracle, as it were. And there are several things we note about this public oracle. First of all, David refers to the fact that God speaks by him. The Spirit of the Lord speaks by him. His word is on his tongue. It's a reference to David's continued interaction with the Lord, that God has used David to be his mouthpiece on this earth. David has a unique function as as a king. He is certainly a king of Israel, but there are times in his life as the king or in his reign, he functions as a priest. When they bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem, I think about in 2 Samuel chapter 6, I believe it is, David goes before the Ark of the Covenant wearing a linen ephod, the ephod of the priest, uh, humbling himself before the throne of God, showing to the people that he is a a, a man who is after God's own heart, but a humble man who seeks to uh, submit himself to the Lord, but also to be an intercessor, as it were, between God and his people as he holds his position as a king. Michael gets really angry with David over that. Michael is Saul's daughter, and David makes a distinction there that says, um, I'm not like your father who is all about power and lording it over in a position of leadership. I, I'm one who's going to pursue the heart of God. He goes in a priestly function there. Now at the end of his life, we're told, David says, The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of ages has said to me. And then he gives a prophetic statement that that David is functioning as a prophet as well as a king. He is a priestly king, a prophet king, uh, a kingly prophet, uh, a kingly priest. He is prophetic priest. He is a... um, 
prophetic king. And so we think about the way in which David is exhibiting these three offices or carrying out these three offices as king reminds us of the coming Messiah, the one who would come in the lineage of David, uh, the one who would ultimately sit upon the throne, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus is both the prophet, king, and priest. He is our great high priest. He is the great king of kings, and he is also the prophet, the one by whom God speaks to the world. And so he is both prophet, priest, or he is all three, prophet, priest, and king. So David is functioning to some degree as all three. He gives a word of prophecy, and the word of prophecy is that just men, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, that, that good, proper, godly leadership over men, women, and children is actually a really good thing and brings blessing. When rule, one rules justly over man, ruling in the fear of God, that ruler dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass sprout from the earth. That prophecy basically says leaders are to be those who would walk in righteousness, be just, and rule justly as the Lord has called them to do so. And that actually is a really good thing. We have seen the opposite of that oftentimes in our lives, probably more so than we've actually seen this principle play out. This principle says when people rule justly over God's people, when people rule justly over others, in the proper authority of God, it's a blessing. When the converse is when people do not rule justly, when people pursue their own glory, their own interests, etc., hard leaders, it goes actually against the people. It's a curse on the people. And we tend to see the opposite more so than we see the positive interpretation of this or what David is saying. David was a man who ruled justly, and as such, it was a blessing to God's people. And then he goes on down, and another word of prophecy says, for the wicked will be like thorns that are thrown away. They cannot be taken with the hand, but the man who touches them arms himself with an iron and a shaft of spear, and the wicked will be utterly destroyed with fire. Here David says that it does not pay to be wicked. You will ultimately be destroyed. Though you may grow like thorns grow. Uh, In my house we have briars that grow in the vegetables, briars that grow in with the other flowers. And sometimes I can't get to those briars because uh, I don't want to harm the other flowers. But when it comes time to destroy the briars and to prune them back and prune everything back, I cut the briars to the core and take them out, kill them, and then spray them with some kind of killer to destroy them. I don't do that with flowers. I do that with briars. You do the same thing. And what he's saying here is that God will ultimately bless his righteous, faithful, righteous people, and he will destroy completely the wicked. And here's a prophetic word that's very important that we need to understand. David, at the conclusion of his life, he's giving a prophetic word about just rulers and prosperity. He's giving a prophetic word about wickedness and the destruction that will come to the wicked. That seems to be, if you say, David, what, what, do you, what message do you want to pass on? It would be simply that. God has been faithful. Um, he anoints and appoints people in leadership. As they take that role, if they do it justly, he will prosper them and their followers. If they're harsh and unjust, they will be destroyed. What an important lesson for all of us to hear today, even as we live in the modern world. You guys take care. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. You
carry me close to your heart and surely your goodness and mercy will follow